excited to be here with you. We invite you to worship with us. Let's get those hands clapping. Here we go.
This is my testimony. Amen. 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 I want you to high five your neighbor and say, God is good. God is good. As you grab your seat, as you grab your seat, if you're feeling real faithful this morning, say all the time, all the time, God is good. Yes, he is. We just want to say this morning, welcome to Dothan First Family. If this is your first time with us, or maybe you've been watching for a while, we want to give a special welcome to all of our guests in person, online, or maybe watching back on demand. Can you give it up for our guests this morning, Dothan? I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, with that being said, we want to invite you, if you are one of those guests or you fall in one of those categories, if you don't mind grabbing the Connect card in the pew in front of you or texting D1TEXT to 84576 or maybe even scanning the QR code on the screen, that's one of the ways that we get a chance to connect with you, to follow up with you, just to say welcome to the family of God. And so please fill that out. And if you are, again, as I mentioned, one of those guests, hold on to that Connect card until after service, if that's the way that you choose to fill out the information and drop it in the giving boxes as you exit or you can exchange it with one of our leaders out in the lobby at, for a free gift. But more importantly than that, if you're in the room, our pastors would love to meet you in our guest reception space. As you exit the doors, it's the room to the left after service that says guest reception. We just want you to come in there, uh, introduce yourselves. If you're here with your family, introduce your family to them. We just want to welcome you to being here today. Dr. First, can we give it up for our guests one more time? Man, today feels like a great day. I don't know about you, but uh, I also want to, I just feel like I need to share this with y'all. This morning, I got so many compliments on this jacket. Y'all, I feel real good. Like, I, thank you, Pastor Michelle. Thank you. Uh, Paula Bryan said she's going to take it off of me one day. So I was like, I don't know what that meant. I was, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's going to be a great day. Uh, on that D1 text, I encourage you. <laughs> I lost the whole service. Y'all come back. <laughs> You can text on D1 text to 84576. You can also sign up for um, Grow Track to get baptized, to take your next step in faith. Uh, to, uh, to mention, as we mentioned, Grow Track every single week for the past three weeks. Maybe you need to sign up for Grow Track again because you've been coming to church for a while and you just haven't taken your next step of faith. We encourage you to do that today. It's New, Re New Member Recognition Sunday. We're so excited for the people that just finished. Uh, maybe you want to sign up for a child dedication. Share your testimony as we just saying whatever it is we want to encourage you to use that platform uh, to stay up to date with everything we have going on also life groups somebody say life groups we believe in, in in reference to speaking of family we believe that one of the best ways to grow is in community so please as you exit today uh, please uh, go by our um, our life group signups, find a group to be a part of. There is something for everybody on, the, on those tables. So please sign up for a life group. We encourage you to do that. Follow us on our social media platforms. We cover everything, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Spotify. Please follow us on our social media platforms. Speaking of that, we also have a brand new social media platform for our young adults. Uh, it's Dothan First Young Adults Instagram page. And I encourage you, if you're even if you're not a young adult, please follow us on that because you may know somebody that is. We have a new, a brand new ministry launching on October the. Uh, let me get to my announcements. <laughs> Excuse me, October the second at 5 p.m. Somebody say October second, 5 p.m. Here in the main building, we'll have a time of worship and word. Uh, it's a free event, but we want you to register for that event so you can scan the QR code. Or if you have that graphic on social media, you can screenshot that on your phone, however you use it on um, Google or uh, iPhone. Hold, you can press down that QR code. It'll take you to it as well. But I encourage you, please, anyone 
18, you graduated from high school to age 35, you need to come to that event. It's the official launch of our young adult ministry. Pastors Mark and Michelle, they have a vision for, for that age group, not just for our entire house, but specifically for that age group. And I believe it's going to be a time of good worship and good word. So please come out for that. Also, we have our girls ministry cake auction and lunch in. The ladies are excited. It'll be after service on October the 9th. Ticket sales for the lunch-in are in the lobby. They are $10 for the lunch-in, but the cake auction is free to attend. These cakes are made by some of the best bakers in our church. So please come to the cake auction. Support the girls' ministry here at Dothan First. We want to invite you to do that and support them. Also, as we get ready to continue the service and engage in uh, our time of word, we want to mention to you version. We mention it every single week, and it's not just an opportunity for you to take notes. It's also an opportunity for you to dive into God's Word Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday. So please lean in, take notes. It's going to be a great day. Pastor Mark is going to share a great word. But how many of you are thankful for our pastors? Come on, y'all can do better than that. How many of you are thankful for our pastors? Well, if you don't mind, stand up on your feet and honor them as they come to the platform. Thank you so much, Will. I love you, buddy. Thank you. Hey, and, and, and pa thank you. Thank love you, you guys. guys. Pastor Will, I do like your jacket. You can be seated. And, uh, yes. Miss Paula, Pastor Lindsay said meet her in the parking lot after <laughs> service. So uh, we'll take care of that business. Just kidding. Hey, I want to take a moment and, uh, you know, the Bible says give honor where honor is due. And you just gave a moment to honor us as your pastors. But I want to remind you that next Sunday begins a month of Sundays where we honor our pastors. It's Pastor Appreciation Month. And specifically, we want to honor our staff pastors. You all honored Michelle and I back in May, and we so appreciated that. But we want to take a moment and give honor where honor is due to all of our staff pastors. And uh, they're just amazing, amazing leaders, gifted leaders. Uh, they love you. They, they support you. They pray for you. And they lead and guide you. And we want to be able to give special honor to them next Sunday. So we're going to have a card reception immediately following the service next Sunday. So if you want to come prepared to be able to just bless them and honor them, uh, we know that you love them. And if you maybe get here and have forgotten that that was the Sunday, we'll have special cards available for you where you can just write a little note to them. Sometimes, friends, in, in the midst of ministry, and I can just tell you personally, receiving special notes of appreciation, just little tiny, it doesn't have to be much, but just something that's meaningful, it does so much. As a matter of fact, I, I collect those in a, in a file where I just am reminded uh, that I'm loved. And when ministry gets tough, I just turn to those notes of love and encouragement, and it's a reminder that, man, it's worth it. And people do really care. And so I appreciate that. We're so thankful. Can you take a moment and just give it up for all of our staff pastors in the house? We love them, each and every one of you. Thank you so much for all that you do. And I got to just, you know, you mentioned your jacket. I got to give one special shout out. My dad is wearing the coolest Air Force Ones right now with his suit. And I mean, he is styling and profiling. I don't know why, it's just the theme. You started it, now we can't stop it. Hey, listen, today we are going to celebrate the new members uh, of our church, those who have gone through Grow Track. And I want to let you know, I know there, there are others who officially made it through our Grow Track, um, and we celebrate you as well. But today is a special new member recognition. 
And um, we're just so grateful and so honored that we get to partner with such amazing people. But I want to let you know, you can also be a part of that, signing up for Grow Track. We want to help you to, to define your divine design. <laughs> we want you to discover and to develop those gifts, talents, and abilities that God has gifted you with. And listen, friends, we, we give you personality assessments and gifts assessments to help you better see how God wired you. We're going to talk about that in the message today. Uh, but I want you to do this just like on graduations. Can you hold your applause until all have made their way forward? And when you hear your name called as this new member recognition begins, if you just simply come forward, stand across the front and face the audience today as we celebrate you as a new member here at Dothan First. Yes, all right, we're excited about this. So I would like to call your name. And like he said, come on down after I call your name. We're going to start with Cameron Ball, Devin Cordell, Hunter Cordell, Joby DeVore, Kayla DeVore, Jonathan Harris, Peyton Henderson, soon to be Ball, Cynthia Holmes, Scott Holmes, Jeremy Rollin. Sheila Rollin, Amanda, Amelia Swindle, Josh Swindle, Connor Taylor, Mary Lisa Taylor, Mike Taylor, Hannah Tharp, Levi Tharp, Cricket Kirkpatrick, and Diane Norman. there's a couple that could not be here today can you take a moment and give it up for all these amazing folks come on yeah yeah well I want to do this I want to read a special charge to all of you and you've already committed to this through grow track but I think it's important as a congregation that we recognize the real spiritual gifts that we have in the body of Christ that stand before us uh, these are leaders and these are family right here before us. And so I'm honored to be able to read this charge to you. And it's very simply the five things that we discussed in Grow Track. Here it is. And at the end of these five questions, I'm going to ask you to simply acknowledge with a we do at the end of it. Here it is. Will you faithfully commit to fulfill the biblical command to love God and to love others? Will you commit to connect to others in the family of God through regular fellowship? Will you grow spiritually and choose to commit to grow spiritually by regularly attending Dothan First Services? Will you commit to serve God by serving others through giving of your time, your talent, and your treasure? And will you commit to go and reach the world with the love of Jesus Christ? If so, say we do. <laughs> well, it's because of that commitment of faith that you all are standing here before us being recognized as members but you need to understand you're members of the family of God which is much larger than this room right here and those watching online you're a gift to this house God gifted us with you and we're so proud and honored to serve God with you and we want to help you in your journey of faith help you to not just discover your gifts but employ them for the gift of the ministry so others can know how great you are <laughs> and to recognize how good God has been to us 
congregation, would you do us a favor? Would you just stretch your hand out toward these that are standing before us as, as though you're kind of standing beside them, putting your hand on their shoulder, letting them know you're with them in support. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much for each and every person as members, as leaders, as gifted children of the King of Kings. Lord, as children of the Most High God, we recognize the precious gifts that stand before us. And it's not just talents and abilities, Lord. We are not, Lord, uh, human doings. We are human beings. And God, I thank you for the, the blessing that each one of these is to the body of Christ. Now I pray, Lord, would we, Lord, together employ our gifts to see the kingdom of God advanced around the world. Lord, help us to use every bit of resource, every bit, Lord, of, of ability that we have, every bit of energy, every ounce of energy we've got to reach the lost in this city, Lord, in this region, in the United States of America and around the world. Let us reach the world from right here in Dothan. And God, I pray a covenant blessing over these, your people. God, that as they do the work of the ministry, let them feel the smile of heaven upon them. And Lord, I pray we would uh, never take for granted, Lord, those who have given themselves for the king's business. Help us to have, Lord, arms extended in love and in compassion and encouragement. Lord, and when one falls, we build them up and we lift them up. Lord, we, can, we commit to pray for them and commit to soldier with them for the cause of Christ. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray it all. Amen. Amen. Can you take a moment and just give it up for all of these great leaders in the house? We love you guys. God bless you. Thank you so much. And we look forward to doing the work of the King with you. God bless you. You can go ahead and be seated. And as they're seated, I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to give a, a hug to a couple of these just for a moment. What a joy, what a joy to do ministry together. Friends, we're family. And I want to encourage those of you who are seasoned saints in the house, maybe you've been a part of this church for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. I encourage you, reach out to these new members. Make sure, as a matter of fact, that's why we have them stand up front and look at you, because I want you to get a real good look at your brothers and sisters in Christ and I encourage you to encourage them and challenge and support them. Well, listen, it's offering time. We get to give unto the Lord. How many are grateful God's blessed you? He's been good to you, faithful to you. As you know, we don't pass the plate, but we do have the giving boxes in the back. If you want giving credit, you can use the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you today or the five ways to give. They're on the screen. But we want to take a moment and pray over you and your finances today, your family, your future, that God would bless you abundantly. And if you would receive that prayer of blessing today, Lord, I just speak blessing over these, your people. Thank you that we get to do ministry together. And in our giving, we become like you. For out of your love for us, you gave. God so loved the world that out of the outlet, of that love he gave and so we get to give and partner to reach the world to bless our missionaries 
to support those who are bringing the cause of Christ around the world. For every great project that we get to be a part of, building Bible schools around the world and translating Bibles into the languages of the unreached people groups. Lord, thank you that we get to do this. Thank you that you're helping us to stop human trafficking. Thank you that you're helping us to dig water wells. Thank you that you're helping us to uh, provide food and clothing for those who are in war-torn countries right now. Lord, I just speak blessing over the finances of this house, not that we could keep it, but that we could release it to help reach the world and to usher in your soon return. God, I thank you for that, and I speak a blessing over these, your people, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And today, just as a, a quick reminder to you, we're going to invite our elders, your elders, to go to their three stations of prayer. They're going to be in the back over here by the exit sign, in the back over here by the exit sign, and up in the balcony. And these prayer partners are here to believe God with you for a miracle. How many of you know, listen, we don't just talk about the power of the Word of God. We believe in the power of the Word of God. His Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's still true. And so if you have a financial need, a spiritual need, an emotional, mental, uh, relational need, whatever it might be, or for physical healing, we believe in that here. The Bible says, go to the elders of the church. Let them pray for you and receive today what God has in store for you. As we worship the Lord in song, would you stand up with us? And as we stand, if you want to make your way back to those elders for prayer, you can receive that right now. Let's worship the King together in song.
turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, God is good today. And then be seated and turn your attention to the screen. Hope, normally defined by a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Normally, conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected normal. But there is nothing normal about our hope. See, our hope can't be found in an expectation. Our hope can only be found in the hearts of men and women who have been chosen before the foundations, without qualifications, chosen by a God who positioned us before the world began, purchased us from the marketplace of death when we did not deserve it, and postured us as heirs to a kingdom. Our hope was nailed to a cross until he died. But our hope is more than a feeling So our hope in three days did rise And for forty days he remained teaching us his ways And then our hope ascended to heaven Commanding us to share this hope with others Our hope is for the lost who become sister and brother Our hope isn't a feeling Our hope is a person Our hope is in the risen king our hope is in the one who lived and for our sin died. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. How many are thankful for our hope in Jesus? Come on, everybody. Can you thank God? And as you're thanking the Lord, can you give it up for those watching online today? Some of them for the very first time. Welcome. Welcome. We're so glad that you're worshiping God with us today, whether it's live stream or on demand. We're grateful to God that you're with us and that you're joining with us. Well, listen, grab your copy of God's Word or your tablet PC or your cell phone or whatever you have your Bible in today. And can you say this with me? Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. And I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now, if you would, just turn to the person beside you and do give them some kind of a compliment because, you know, if you give them a compliment, they'll want to give you one back. I'm just saying, that's a good way to promote godliness. <laughs> I, I want to say, I am so proud and thankful uh, Doug and Jan Markham are here today, and I'm telling you, you guys are a miracle. We love you, and I'm so grateful to God that you're back in the house. We love you, and we're so grateful that you're back in the house of God with us today after having gone through a whole lot of stuff, and uh, we just know that God's got his hand on them and on you today as well. Hey, I started last week talking about hope. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been describing hope in different situations. And today, I want to tackle having hope at work. You know, it's not easy when you work with knuckleheads. How many just took your... And I, I, I didn't mean to raise my hand, you know, with our staff pastors. I didn't mean to raise my hand. I, it just kind of went up there. But it's hard sometimes to have hope at work. 
I mean, it's one thing to talk about having hope in the Lord and having hope in relationships, but hope at work, man, that's just tough. And so I, I began with this theme verse that we use in Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It's five words. What, is, what are those words? Hope does not disappoint us. Hope doesn't disappoint. And I want to see God infuse that hope inside of you today, even in your work. And, and I would say for many of us, it's hard to have hope at work because if you're an employee, what do you do with an unscrupulous boss? If you're an employer, what do you do with a lazy slacker who's your employee? If you're a coworker, what do you do with a foul-mouthed coworker that's constantly getting under your skin? What do you do? And these questions for some of you are being asked every single day, day after day, for eight to 10 hours per day, 40 plus, 40 to 60 hours every single week of your life. And you're there and you're trying to get a paycheck and you're trying to support your family, you're trying to get ahead. But I think there's a better way. I think there's a godly way to have hope at work. Do you, the, the questions that I really want to answer beyond the two or three that I just asked are, how do you know when to leave a place if you're unhappy? What do you do? Or how long is too long to work until you become a workaholic? I want to try to answer some of these questions today. And I, friends, everybody works, whether you're working the nine to five or you're working the swing shift or you're on call 24 hours or if you're here in the, you know, the metro area of Dothan or if you're working from home. Whatever job you happen to put your hands to, when you put your hands to a task, it's called work, and everybody works, whether in this city or out of town. But I hope that you're working for a higher purpose. That's my ultimate goal, is that by the end of this, you'll understand the significance of working for a higher purpose. Friends, we're working for the Lord and not for humans, not for your boss, not for your coworkers, not for the advancement of your business, all those although those things are profitable and beneficial and even biblical, you're working for the Lord. And we're going to talk about that. Now, how many of you have summer jobs that you remembered? Come on, put up your hands if you remember those summer jobs. How many of you say you had a fun summer job? Okay, just a handful of you. How many of you say you had the, uh, the worst summer jobs? Put up your hands. All right, so let me just walk you back through my history. So many of you know that regardless of what job I took, I always had fun doing it. And uh, many of you re remember when I was uh, going to school in the summers, I worked for Nabisco. At one of the greatest jobs. I mean, any package that was slightly damaged, I got to bring those cookies home with me. Come on, somebody. If that isn't a great job for somebody like me, I know I was made for that work. It was great. But what I, what I remember most about it, and I, I've shared this with many of you, is that during that summer job, I would travel from place to place, and many times I would be in the car for the majority of my time of work. And so in the car, I would listen to these cassette tapes that my grandmother had given me. And they were cassette tapes of the Bible. 
someone verbally audi- by audio talking about, that's before they had the cell phones with the apps and all this. I know, that makes me old, I get it. But it was tapes. There, for those of you who are 35 and under, cassette tapes were these things that you had, they were squares. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The, the Bible on audio, in audio version, and I listened to the Bible over and over again. Matter of fact, I feel like I got more out of that job uh, than I did even in my college years studying for ministry because I really got the word deep inside of me. And for a season there, I was able to quote like uh, m- massive chapters and the book of Acts I had listened to so many times. It was my favorite book, still is. And I just would listen to it over and over again. And I, I had the whole storyline I could tell you from, from cover to cover on that one. Had so much fun. The book of Revelation, oh, I dove in so deep. And then I had another type of summer job. This was where we went to, uh, it was in Holland, which not in Holland like across the sea. It was in Holland, Michigan. And uh, so it was about 45 minutes away from where we lived. And there's the beach, which is, if you know anything about Michigan, there's the Great Lakes. And there's the beach there on one of those Great Lakes there in Holland. And so what we would do is we worked for a cleaning company and they would lock us into a Kmart you remember Kmart? I don't know if they've got them anymore, but they, anyway, back in the day, they had this thing called Kmart. It was like Walmart, but on a lower scale. Anyway, and uh, that's why it didn't survive as well. But, but we were the cleaning crew, and they would literally lock us in at night. When the store was closing, we would come in, and they would lock the doors behind us and leave and leave us there. Now, they knew and we knew that it would not require all of those hours to be able to do all the work that we had to do. So we had free time. Well, I just want you to know I made the best use of that free time. We had wheelchair races in that place, in that Kmart. We got the BMX bikes, and I would, we were racing through. It was the great. That's probably why Kmart is closed to this day. <laughs> but we were great employees. We did our work. We got our work done. But it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and what I remember about some of those summer jobs, like, for example, one of them that was a pretty short-lived job, but I was a courier for Jaguar. The Jaguar parts had to go overseas. And so as a kid, I would get on a plane at any given time. They would just call me up. I would get on a plane. They would fly me many times first class over to Paris and to London and to some of these major uh, other, other nations and other cities because they wanted to make sure those Jaguar parts were delivered, hand delivered. And that's why the car costs so much money to get fixed. Now, what my dad believes is that I was secretly drug running for some sort of cartel. <laughs> I don't think so. But anyway, that's just, that's just me. But I grew up with my parents teaching me that hard work is a part of life. Now, I don't know what happened in the last few generations. Come on, the older folks, put a big smile on your face like you... I don't know what happened where we thought that just sitting at home and receiving a paycheck and playing video games all day was work. And during the pandemic, I understand there were businesses that closed and things that were stimulus checks and different things to get us by and to get us through. But how many understand if you don't work, you don't eat. And there's something about that. I I learned that from a a young child. I, I learned that working was important. 
Matter of fact, my dad handed over the lawn job to me. That was my job was to do the lawn and trim the hedges and all that kind of stuff. And he paid me to do it, which I really appreciate because I lived in his house for free. Teenagers in the room. I lived in his house for free, but he chose to give me a stipend, if you will, for my goods and services. And I had to do a good job. And if I didn't do a good job, he'd check it up and he'd say, no, you know, right here is a missing, you missed this spot right here. You got to go back and, and do it. And he wanted to make sure it was done right. But one day he found me sitting on the couch on a Saturday morning, just sitting around watching cartoons. And he's like, Mark, you got to do the lawn. You got to get out there and do the lawn. And I was like, I'm doing the lawn. He said, what do you mean? I said, I subbed that out. He looked outside and saw that one of the kids in the neighborhood was doing the lawn for me. <laughs> and I took my cut and he took his cut. And if he didn't do it right, I got on to him because I knew my dad would get on to me. How many understand subcontracting is a great form of labor as a, a teenager? But I, I listen, friends, I want you to see how God views work. Not just how we're supposed to, as an American culture, how we see work, but what does the Bible teach about it? How do you have hope at work? God, listen, designed you with unique gifts, talents, abilities. Can I remind you of your fingerprints? I say it all the time. I am fascinated by my fingerprints because I can't believe the creator of the universe would take the time to carve grooves in my fingers to prove that he had a unique special plan that what I would put, listen, my hands on, well, what I would put my hands to would prosper. He had something designed specially for me with my unique talents and gifts and interests. He wanted those things used for his glory. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says it like this. We are God's workmanship. Whose workmanship? God's. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Listen. Which God prepared in advance. Everybody say prepared in advance. Everybody put out your hands for a second. Look at these fingertips. <laughs> Prepared in advance. He proved it. The Greek word for workmanship there is poema, which literally is where we get our word poem. God wrote a poem on you, a love letter on you. You're God's work of art. You're his master craftsmanship. And he made you and designed you. How many know if he created, if the creator created something, he, he probably had a purpose for that creation. God has a divine design. You're custom made. Nobody's like you. And you are made specifically to express the wonders of God through your talents and gifts and abilities and interests at work. At work. All those things that I just listed, gifts, talents, abilities, interests, passions, are all genetically encoded by God in you. Think about that. You didn't have a say in what you would be good at naturally. Now, I think you've hopefully figured out that we should develop our gifts and develop our leadership, and we ought to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who should not be ashamed, who rightly divides the word of truth. Uh, there's something about uh, working hard and diligently and staying strong and focused. All of those things are great, but how many understand when you were a, a little child and you took interest in certain things or you became good at certain things, naturally it was an overflow of the goodness of God in you. You didn't have a say in that. So that means that work, listen, should not just be a job. It is part of God's will for your life. 
The Bible indicates that work, your work, a godly worker, that your work should be meaningful and fulfilling. It's not just to put food on the table. It's not just a necessary evil. It is literally to produce something in your life and in this world. A lot of people think the goal is just to make enough so that they do nothing. How many know that is completely unbiblical? The word retirement is not in the Bible. I'm not saying it's ungodly to retire, like from work, like you've made X number of dollars and so you can survive on the, the, the money that you've made and the hard work that, I understand that that's not the concept that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the idea that you're working and working and working and working just to get a paycheck, just so that you can, the idea, concept, do nothing. Are you kidding? God never intended that. God never encouraged that. That's why so many people, when they retire, a few months later, they die. And not everybody in this room, thank God, <laughs> your retirees in this room, you're like, I ain't dying. How do you keep from dying? You put your hands to work. You do something. And if it's not to get a paycheck, at least do it for the glory of God, to mentor somebody, to bless somebody, to encourage somebody. I thank God for those who are our maintainers in the room. You may not know what that is, but they are literally, many of them are retired. And, and they come into the church on what they would consider off days, whatever that means to them. And they work their tails off in this church to make it look perfect. Can you take a moment and just give it up for all of those that are just putting their hands to work for the glory of God. But it should be meaningful. Your life should be meaningful. We, we talk about five purposes in our grow track. And the five purposes for your life, God-given purposes for your life, are literally to love and then connect, grow, serve, and go. It's to love God. That's called worship. It's to connect with others in the family of God. That's called fellowship. It's to grow in character and into the, the, the true nature of God to be like Christ. That's called discipleship. And then we serve one another in ministry using our gifts and talents. That's called ministry. And then finally to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's called evangelism. We know Jeremiah 29, 11. He, he, We know the plans he has for us. The Bible says plans to prosper, to have hope and a future. And so to fulfill the will of God for your life, you need to find work that expresses how God wired you and who he made you to be. Friends, think about this. You're going to spend 40% of your life working or more. Your job consumes you 150,000 hours or so. Surveys show that one-third of Americans hate their job. Other surveys say about two-thirds of Americans are in the wrong job. How many understand? You will one day stand before the Lord, the judge and jury of all of it, the one that created you with the special fingertips, and what he's going to look at, he's going to say, what did you do with the time that you were given? And when you look at him and say, I spent one-third of my life doing something different than what I was created to do, do you think God's okay with that? Think about this. Now, don't mishear your pastor. I'm in no way suggesting that if you're transitionally in a place where you're working your way to a position, right? If you're right now in training for something, understandable, right? If you're in a transitional situation where you lost a job and you had to quickly pick up a job so you could provide for your family, thank God. You are doing your, your best 
to work. But don't, listen, don't stay in a place that primarily does not use the gifts, talents, and abilities that God created you with. Because it's not fair to you and it will never be fulfilling. What did God design you for? What did he shape you for? One day we have to give an account for that. Friends, I don't just think this is a vocational issue. I see this as a spiritual issue. We are created body, soul, and spirit. They are interwoven. They're linked. And when we do what gives God praise, honor, and glory, we are fulfilling, listen, an assignment. The very first message I ever preached at this church as a candidate, I wasn't even the pastor yet, I was a candidate, is that you are on assignment. You're on an assignment from God. If you're living and breathing, you're on assignment. 1 Corinthians 7.17 says it like this, here's how you find hope at work. Each one of us should live his life with the gifts the Lord has given him. Because you're going to answer to God for your daily lives here on earth. And if Christ isn't Lord at work, he's not Lord at all. We have this tendency to compartmentalize our lives. Like we've got the church life, right? We do the Bible reading and we do our prayer time and we go to church and we do nice things for people and that's the compartmentalized life we call Christianity. And then we have our secular life and that's our work and our business plans and our, you know, 401k, right? Our Roth IRA, our pension plans. And, and that is separate, we think. We, we've got our spiritual life and then we've got our secular life over here. And that's not the way God sees it at all. Your whole life is spiritual. Your life in Christ is like a marriage. If I went home and said, hey, baby, I just want to let you know... Um, I'm just going to act married when I'm at home. (laughs) How well you think that's going to go over, right? Your whole life is important to God. Your whole life. Your working hours are important to God. And for believers, work should be an act of worship and a witness of your faith. Because you are a witness at work whether you open your mouth and talk about Jesus or not. Just saying. Right? Right? Whether you keep your mouth open or closed, what you do speaks volumes about what you believe. You might say, okay, well then, how can I have hope when I'm at work? Here it is, Romans 12.1. Here it is. Here's the answer. Romans 12.1, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing him. How many want to please the Lord? Amen. It says, here's how you do it. Be a living sacrifice, dedicating your life as service to him. That's what's pleasing to him. This is true worship. Worship isn't uh, three songs on a Sunday morning. Worship is a lifestyle. And the Apostle Paul was reminding us that worship is not just something we do, it's who we are. Friends, it'll change your life if you understand the value of expressing your love to God through work. What kind of work worships the Lord? Well, here it is. When you choose to, the work that expresses the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given you. <clears throat> and fortunately, here in America, we have the freedom to choose. <clears throat> we, we may not get the exact job that we put on you know, our resume on monster.com or whatever. We, we may not get the exact 
job description that we were hoping to get. And, and listen, all of us have mundane aspects of our job description. Let's face it. Look, I'm a, I'm a family man, right? I, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a husband, and uh, every once in a while, <clears throat> this thing happens. It's a phenomenon that happens in my home. The trash starts to fill up. And it's amazing to me how these gifted people in my home, talented, gifted, strategic, they are powerful in so many ways. They have this unique ability to take the trash that's starting to overload and push it down just slightly and wait for somebody to take out that trash. And do you know, I am the beneficiary of that task. I am gifted that task. Now, how many know, I don't like to take out the trash. It's smelly, it's stinky. But you know what? Being a part of a household means that's one of the responsibilities. It may may be mundane, but I want to worship God in it by saying, I love my family. I love my family when I take out this trash. No, I'm just kidding. Our doggy leaves little landmines out in our backyard. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to have to spell it out. And I have to use a scooper for that little pooper. (laughs) And even though it's mundane, I I want to do all I do for the glory of God. I want to do even in the mundane, right? Right? But when you serve God in work that best expresses who you are, if look, if you're good at sales, be a salesman. If you're good at teaching, you better be a teacher. If you're good at music, go write songs and, and uh, cut albums. If you're, if you're good at sports, be an athlete. Whatever it is, what you put your hands to, let it prosper for the glory of God. But don't spend the rest of your life doing something that is not your created assignment. So how do you choose a career? Well, if your parents tell you you're good at it, that's why, no. If your peers tell you you're good at it, no. If the pay is good, no. Friends, can I remind you, those are not legitimate reasons to choose a career or vocation. According to Romans chapter 12, look at this verse six. We're to use our different gifts Everybody say different gifts. According, in accordance with the grace that God's given us. He's given us a grace. God gave us a grace to do our work. You don't have a grace to do what I do. I don't have the grace to do what you are called to do. God gave you a unique grace. And if you think that the God of the universe that took the time to carve grooves in your fingertips, that you would spend all of your waking out, majority of your waking hours doing something that's different than what God designed you to do. How could that please him? But when you do the things that you're called and gifted to do, it's amazing. You feel the presence of God. You feel the smile of God. Listen, in all of creation, when birds sing, They give glory to God. When trees give shade or produce fruit, it gives glory to God. Why? Because birds are doing what birds are supposed to do, what they were created to do. Trees are doing what God created those trees to do. And when you do the very thing that God created you to do, it puts a smile on Father God's face. How many parents in the room, put up your hands, how many of you had a moment where you were smiling because of something that your child did, because you just saw them do what they were born to do? Come on, somebody. You know what I mean. 
man, there was one time, I'll never forget it. Griffin was playing football, and he was the quarterback, and um, his front line, uh, we quietly nicknamed the invisible line because they just did not block, okay, just saying. But I'll, I'll never forget, it was a really frustrating season, and uh, they, I mean, the line was, was just invisible, and so uh, they would send, ru- you know, rushing uh, defenders in and tr- try to tackle Griffin even before he could hand the ball off or he could make a decision to throw the ball. And, and it was really frustrating. We had a lot of conversations about it. But I will never, ever forget this moment where he turned and he was supposed to, uh, I think it was a handoff or RPO, whatever it was. And he, and he went to hand it off and the, he saw that the tacklers were already coming. He spun the other way, started to run to the outside to try to get a pass off on the outside. And somebody grabbed hold of his jersey. He spun back around, went back around the field and ran for an 80-yard touchdown. I was running with him the entire way, all the way down, going, go, go go and I had like a tear in my eye as I was like so excited not because I love football because I love him and what I had taught him was never ever give up and he never gave up and because of that never give up he has that memory that will last a lifetime friends I was father was smiling because he did what he was taught to do Most all of you know what we taught our kids. You've heard me say it over and over again. And I encourage you to have your family values. If you don't have them written down, how can you pass them on to your kids? But you've heard me say it. We taught our kids from the youngest of ages when they were little babies and and little toddlers. We would say this and we'd repeat it over and over again every single night before they go to bed. Failure is not an option. You're destined to succeed. You'll never give up. Never procrastinate. Your decisions determine your destiny. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You will never fear your circumstance. You will only fear your God. You will thrive under pressure and you will live for the challenge. The definition of success is the progressive achievement of God's goals in God's time. But the enemy of success is mediocrity. Therefore, you will never settle for status quo. You will never give place to second best. Nothing can keep you from achieving your dreams. No one can keep you from accomplishing your goals because you are a blood-bought, Holy Spirit-filled child of God. that cannot and will not be defeated. So you can take away all your worldly possessions and they can even try to take away your life, but they can never take away your joy, your integrity, or your Jesus. For you are a creative problem solver when difficult times come and you will trust in God to take care of your every need. For you are a smart, special, valuable person. You will respect yourself and respect those around you. You are glad to be you. And they would say that every single night and it got into their vocabulary and eventually got into their spirit so that one day when all of the tacklers are coming his way and he's turning one way and they're there and he turns the other way and they're there he doesn't give up and friends it's not about a football game it's about life I was teaching him the value system of the Benson family that he never gives up why because God will always help him find a way out a way of escape it wasn't about football players it was about temptation It wasn't about football players. It was on the job when things get tough. It was in difficulty in relationships and when you're trying to struggle through a math class that you're not doing as well as you hope to and there is always a way out. There's a way of escape. God will help you, son. 
But keep doing what you're called to do, what you were born to do, what you were made to do. Let God's smile of approval fall on you as you do what he calls you to do. Worship team, would you come as we prepare to close? Why is it people feel, don't feel God's pleasure at work? It's because they use the world's standards to find employment. Find the highest paying job, the best benefits, and the easiest work, whether you're gifted at it or not. That's not what God called you to. Matter of fact, it's, it's people have been said, take the promotion. Comes with more work and more pay. So take the promotion. And too many people are being promoted beyond their gift set, and they are miserable now. What they once enjoyed doing over here, they now hate up here. Because that wasn't God's divine design. Friends, choosing a job out of prestige or power or just a paycheck is the wrong motivation. And one day we will all have to give an account of the time we've been given on this earth. Don't let the the world's values determine how you choose your work. We need God's pleasure in our work. Romans 12, 2. And I'm going to close with this. Don't conform outwardly to the standards of this world. But let God transform you inwardly. Everybody say inwardly. By a complete change of your mind. Then you'll know the will of God. Friends, you want to know the will of God for your life? And again, I'm not telling you, don't mishear your pastor. I'm not telling you, quit your job tomorrow. (laughs) You, You need to provide. And that's important. But I do believe if you are in a position that is absolutely positively outside of the call and plan and purpose for your life and the way God wired you and made you, you need an exit strategy. You need an exit strategy. And I'm not saying don't like quit one job and just say, hope it all works out. And you know, you've got resumes sitting out there and nobody's looked at them yet. But going back to school, completing the, do you have, you have no idea, friends, as a pastor, how brokenhearted I have been over listening to those who have told me at 45 and 50 and, and 55 years of age that they feel like they chose the wrong vocation. And it breaks my heart because now they've invested the majority of their life in a place that they regret. I just don't want to see that happen for you. I want to help you find your fit. And worse yet, for those who come into a church like this, there's so many outlets for ministry. In the meantime, if you, if you don't have vocational work that works toward your created design, at least find the divine design so you can use your gifts, talents, and abilities to serve the Lord in some form of ministry. Find an outlet in the church. There's so many. Listen, it used to be, and God forgive me, I'm not trying to make uh, uh, cast any negative thought toward previous generations, but it used to be if you didn't pray, or if you didn't preach or sing or play the piano, you had no place using gifts in church. That kind of used to be the thought process for many churches. And that is not the way we function around here. As a matter of fact, uh, most often, the things that you've gone through in life 
you can find two pathways that help you toward your purpose. Pleasure, the pleasure of the Lord and you receiving joy out of doing that. But I've told my kids so many times, find what you love to do so much you would gladly do it for free and then become so good at it that people would gladly pay you to do it. That's a good way toward your passion. But there's a, another form of ministry outlet and it's called pain. When you've experienced pain in your life, it is not from the Lord, but God can use our pain to turn it into ministry. How many people have I met that have gone through horrible tragedy in life and they've used that tragedy and God's turned it around for triumph to use it to help other people. If you've lost a family member and, and they've, they've gone home to be with the Lord and it was tragic and it broke your heart, how many know you might be able to help other people who have gone through that same tragic loss? If you've miscarried a child, as tragic as that is, how many understand you might be able to help somebody and better understand somebody who's going through that tragic loss of miscarriage? You can help counsel them and pray for them and love them and support them and encourage them. Friends, if the pains in your life can be used for the glory of God, it can become a part of your, your testimony, part of your ministry. Ministry isn't just the lineup of, of uh, application stuff that we've got for dream team members uh, that work at this church. Do you know so many ministries have been created by people like you in this church that say, you know what? I have a heart for the homeless, so I'm going to go serve the homeless. And we'll say, great. Let, we'll send people to help serve with you. That's awesome. I have, somebody says, I have a call to reach those who are in the nursing homes. Praise God. If that can be an outlet of the ministry of this church, we'll help send people alongside of you to do it. It's not about programs, friends. It's, about, it's always been about people, loving God and loving people. Not only do I want you to, to, to help you find your divine design, I want you to serve in that capacity when it, as it gives glory to God. And then I want you to help others who are struggling and hurting and broken. We've got a lost and hurting world and they need Jesus. And you're just the ones to give them the hope they need. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for showing us, revealing to us a unique way that your, Lord, divine design in us is strategic and it's specific and it's unique. You've called us to something greater than ourselves. Father, today, help us to represent you at work. Use us in our jobs. Even use the problems and the, the people that we work with to help us grow up spiritually. Help us to walk in your grace. God, help us to use our gifts for your glory. And help us to always remember we're not working for other human beings. We're working for you. Would you keep your heads bowed and eyes closed? There may be some in this room. You'd say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I want you to understand that <clears throat> some of you, the reason you don't feel fulfilled is not because you've got the wrong job. It's that you're looking for work to satisfy a place in your life that only God can fulfill. But you'll never be happy with achievements alone. You've got to find success in knowing the God of the universe, being at peace with God. And I want to help you with that today. 
If you would say, Mark, I, I really, I've got sin that's separating me from God. Listen, it's not for me to force you into a, a feeling of shame or guilt. Matter of fact, that comes from the enemy of our soul. But conviction comes from God. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And what God says he wants to do with that sin is he wants to remove it from you. He wants to give you grace. He wants to give you freedom from your sin. He wants to give you a fresh start. If that's you today, in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to slip up your hands. Acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. I want to be included in this prayer. There may be others of you that you're struggling in isolation and you need fellowship. You need to begin to put relationships back as a priority in your life. And life groups may be that outlet for you building relationship with one another and encouraging other people. But if there are others in this room that are just struggling at work, either one, because you're just not in the position that you know you're supposed to be in, or two, because you're struggling with a person at work and God gives, needs to give you the grace to be able to handle it. Whatever situation or category you happen to be in, I wanna pray for you. And if that's you in any of those categories, I'm going to invite you to do this. Would you slip up your hand, just acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now. Come on, all over this place. Yes, in the balcony, the main floor. So many hands lifted. God bless you. God bless you. God sees the hand as you're lifting it. He knows. He loves you with an everlasting love. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Yes. God bless you. Many hands. You can put your hands down. I want to invite you into this prayer right here to acknowledge the Lord over every area of your life. But first, let me pray for those who are struggling at work. God, I pray for those that may be here today struggling in their work, their business, whatever it might be, and maybe they feel called to something else. They just don't know the transition to get to from where they are to where they're supposed to go. And I pray you'd give them the reminder of their divine design. Help them to find their purpose, first and foremost, in you, the hope of glory. And Lord, secondly, for those who are dealing with difficult people at work, that as far as it be with them, let them be at peace with all other people. As far as it be with them, give them the strength and the courage to do the right thing and to not lose their cool. Now I want us all to pray this prayer out loud together, inviting Jesus into this moment. Would you say this with me out loud? Everybody in the room, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life, including my job. I give it all to you. I trust you. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we stand together and celebrate as all of heaven rejoices? Come on, let's worship the King together. We honor you, Lord. Come on, let's celebrate those who made a decision for Christ. Let's sing together.
says that he calls it this, well done, good and faithful servant. Friends, he's not just talking about what you do on Sunday. He's talking about what you do Monday through Saturday. That God would have, that the smile of approval would be upon you. And so what I encourage you to do is this. No matter what field or vocation you happen to be serving in right now, do it all for the glory of God. Be a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Function in humility. Function in a way that represents the Lord Jesus Christ. For you are a Christian, a Christian. You are like Christ. And I, I pray that you would be like Christ in everything you say and everything that you do. That when people see your life, it will so reflect the glory of God that people will say, I want what you've got. And I pray that you'd have divine moments that the Lord would use you to lead others to Christ. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the significance of the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing on the job with your coworkers, with those who are under your employ. I bless you to be a blessing to your family and to your friends and to your neighbors, to your children and grandchildren. I bless you to bless this city in the name of Jesus Christ with the love that he gave to you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, before you leave, I want to remind those who are first-time guests, I'm about to slip out and some of our leadership team will be there ready to greet our first-time guests and those who have not yet been a part of a very special thing we call guest reception. It's out these doors and to your left. I would love to meet you. If we haven't met before, please stop by our guest reception on your way out today. God bless you. You're dismissed.